Welcome to Continual Gift of Self, the podcast of talks for Verinos and homilies from Loper Catholic and the St. Teresa of Calcutta Newman Center. You can learn more about St. Teresa's and the Lord's work on the college campuses in Kearney, Nebraska by connecting with us on our website, lopercatholic.org, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages with the handle at Loper Catholic. Now enjoy this installment of Continual Gift of Self, and please pray for us. God bless. Well, good morning and happy Easter. We continue to celebrate the Easter season, the joy of Christ crucified and risen, setting us free from sin and death, uh, and setting us on a path toward eternal life uh, in this pilgrimage. So happy Easter as we continue to celebrate. For those who weren't present or weren't able to be at our banquet on last Friday, the Gianna Banquet, Bishop Conley of Lincoln um, gifted the St. Teresa's, a first-class relic of Mother Teresa, uh, and so that first class relic is here by the altar today. And it looks like a monstrance, um, which it could, because it is. Um, <laughs> uh, so it'll be on. It'll be here for us the next week. So you're willing. You're uh, welcome to venerate uh, this relic. It's a very. It's a great honor uh, to actually have a first class relic of Mother. There aren't very many that exist. Um, this is, happens to be a piece of piece of her hair. Um, uh, and it was given to Bishop Conley, who gave it to us. And so veneration uh, of a relic uh, is calling on that, that particular saint for intercession, for prayer in your life. It's calling on them to, to be a companion with you on the life of faith. So venerating a relic is also honoring their memory. Uh, the church has, has said that she lived, and all saints have lived, a life of um, profound and supernatural charity in this life. And so we're asking that saint for their, for their prayers, for their intercession and honoring them. So ways to venerate, you can merely come forward and just pray and say a prayer uh, before the relic. You're welcome to kneel down uh, to touch the glass or to kiss the glass. There's a little that purificator that we use for distribution of precious blood. The same thing, uh, sitting right in front of the relic. So after you're finished, just wipe off the glass. You don't have to clean it, but just wipe it. Um, uh, on the glass. You can also touch your rosaries, medals, prayer cards, things like that to, uh, to the relic. They become a third-class relic in touching uh, a part of her body. So um, you're welcome to do that for the week. Uh, just, you know, obviously respect. I mean, not any more than the tabernacle, clearly, and Mother Teresa would say the same thing, uh, that Jesus clearly ranks higher than her as God. Um, but nonetheless, we honor her and, and thank Bishop Conley for that great gift. Friends, today is the fourth Sunday of Easter. It's also known as Good Shepherd Sunday. It's the turning point. We're about halfway through the Easter season now. And so in the first three weeks uh, of the Easter season, we heard gospel passages, bless you, that were talking, or talking about the apparitions or Jesus appearing to the apostles, sharing about his own divinity, his own resurrection from the dead and what that has done and building up of their faith. We make a shift now as the church in her selection of readings for us as we move through the Easter season is beginning to make that move to prepare us for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus will ascend to the Father on Ascension Thursday and send the Holy Spirit upon the church um, so that the church can um, carry the Spirit of God in her proclamation of the gospel into the world. And so we've made that shift. And today on Good Shepherd Sunday is the beginning of that process for us so we can fully receive the Holy Spirit. 
So I just want to go through this gospel from John chapter 10 today. Um, There's a lot of depth in the other readings, but we're going to focus on the gospel. So in the first half of the gospel, the first five verses, Jesus is giving them, it's not a parable, John doesn't use parables, but he uses this a figure of speech, is what they say in here. Um, it's a little, it's similar to a parable, but it's a little different. But that he uses this to draw an image, to draw people in a deeper mystery. They didn't understand it, like, they, like we never do his parables, so he had to explain the, this, this figure of speech, and that's the second half. So in the first half, what is he using as the image? It's using shepherds or shepherd and sheep. So the first thing, whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate. What, the, what is a sheepfold? Well, a sheepfold is a little structure in the middle of a village with a stone wall around it. and has one gate, and the shepherd would bring the sheep in at night into the middle of the sheepfold. And so it was, it was a little thing about the size of the child, maybe a little bigger, I don't know a stone around with a gate. They would bring them in, and for the night then, the sheep would be protected from predators, from thieves and robbers. Sheep were integral to Israel's economy and their way of life. Remember from the Pascha, the great Pascha, they would bring 250,000 lambs to be offered up, their blood for this, in, in memory of their, their release from Egypt. So in their religious ceremonies, in their food, everything they did, sheep were integral uh, for the Jewish people. And so to protect them from thieves, robbers, and predators was a huge deal, and it was a large job for the shepherds. So they built these structures, the sheepfold. And, it sa- and Jesus says anybody who goes through the gate is a shepherd because a shepherd has the key to the gate, right? But the thieves and robbers would hop the fence, steal in the middle of the night and so this is just that image that he's painting and they could see it because they knew it happened all the time so then he says the gatekeeper they know his voice and he begins to talk about a voice and the and the shepherd is the gatekeeper who opens and closes the gate when it's time opens the gate and the sheep can go out and they can graze and just live the sheep life you know Um, but when it's time to be protected they're in there. How do they move back and forth? What if you have a whole bunch of families with a whole bunch of herds of sheep or whatever you call herd of sheep? I don't know if it's herd, whatever, groups of sheep. What if they intermingle? What happens? How do you fix them? In Nebraska, we brand the cows, and even then it's hard to keep track sometimes. So what did you do with sheep? Well, the shepherds would all have a different voice, not just their tone or anything, but a, a name. They would call each of their sheep by name. And name their sheep, and they had a special calling to their sheep. So the sheep knew the voice of their shepherd. So even if they got intermingled with the neighbors, both of them would say the names of their sheep with their special voice, and it would separate the herds out um, and, and get them back where they belonged. So the sheep hear his voice. He calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. They hear his voice and they recognize him and they won't follow the stranger. It's the image Jesus is using. Why? Because he has a deeper purpose. I remember, and this is true if you've worked with livestock on the voice thing. It isn't just the thing. I mean, if you've ever worked with livestock, 
my dad, I called him the cow whisperer because he could go in and separate the cows. He'd just say a few words to the cows and they would just do his thing. And I'm like, I'm running all over the place and they're just looking at me like I've got four heads and I can't get them to do anything. And here's dad just walking and I'm like, why don't you just do this? I'm going to... The, they know the voice. Animals know the voice. You could, if you have pets, even cats or dogs or whatever, they know your voice. They sometimes listen to you, right? This is the thing, right? And so Jesus, this is huge because it's a personal thing in giving them those names to protect them, to lead them to pasture and give them safety. So like all of Jesus' parables, we're like, okay, that's nice. That's a great image, but what are you talking about? Tell us more. Take us deeper. So he says again to them, I am the gate. I'm the gatekeeper for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice and they follow me. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, and that's the heart of it, and will come, and come in and go out and find pasture. I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus right here reveals to us that he's referring in this whole passage to Ezekiel 34. In Ezekiel 34, uh, it talks about um, the leaders of Israel being bad uh, for the people, especially the priests, leading the people astray, not leading them to God, not leading them into the abundant life, but leading them, in fact, away from God in a lot of ways. And at the very end, it says, and I myself will shepherd them. In Ezekiel 34, I myself will shepherd them. On the day of cloud and darkness, I will free them. What's the day of cloud and darkness? The Good Friday. When a storm came up, when Jesus said, Into your hands, Father, I commend my spirit. The sky was covered with cloud. There was a big storm that came up. The earth shook. and Jesus gave up his spirit. The day of cloud and darkness, when Jesus gave over his spirit for the salvation of you and for me. This is the day the Lord has made where he redeemed us from our sin, from our death. Whoever enters through me will be saved. So what is the gate? The cross. Where is the sheepfold? You're in it. The church. Where is the pasture? Heaven cross is the doorway between heaven and earth the cross is the gate and jesus is the gatekeeper and so we enter through and enter into pasture through jesus who is the good shepherd who desires to save us and that we may have life and heaven in abundance eternal life divine life in us so just a quick point there and then a last point so with that one thing to always be aware of, any gate that you walk through, make sure that gate is the cross. Everything that we do has to pass through the cross, everything. If it's not passing through the cross, it's not God. Back up and go somewhere else. You watch a cow, when they know it's not something they're supposed to cross, they'll come up and sniff, and they know not to cross over because it's not the one. Sometimes. Sometimes they just jump and run all over the place. But those are the ones you sell. But <laughs> don't cross through a gate if it's not the cross, if it doesn't involve Christ. He's the gatekeeper. 
He's the shepherd. Number two, get to know his voice. How do I get to know his voice? Through the sacraments, through the scriptures, through the, the revelation of God. To really study him, to study his heart, to study his voice. What does Jesus sound like as I read the scriptures? All this stuff is great. The scriptures, the whole point is to get to know the heart of God and the voice of Jesus. So that we know the shepherd's voice and we can follow him and be unafraid. Get to know his voice. My last point today, we also uh, celebrate World Day of Prayer for Vocation. So we pray that the Lord of the Harvest sends us an abundance of labors for the vineyard. Priesthood, religious life, married life, and consecrated single life. That the Lord really blesses and sanctifies humanity with good and holy vocations. And to that end, as we pray, just a word, and I do this, I try to do this uh, on today because it's important. Throughout the history of the church, there's been many uh, thieves and robbers who have put on the holy vestments. So on behalf of Jesus as his priest, on behalf of Holy Mother Church, my bride, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the bad witnesses of faith, bishops and priests that have prayed on the flock and not served them who have removed themselves from communion with Jesus, who have led you through other gates that aren't the cross. We pray for their souls, but I'm sorry. If you've been hurt by a bishop or priest, I'm sorry. And know that um, the seminary formation, we continue to, 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 to reflect upon that, to make it more deep, more, more intensive, to form young men according to the cross of Jesus Christ, according to his own heart, his good shepherd's heart. So continue to pray for seminary formation and men preparing for the sacrament. So again, I'm sorry and hope that we can find healing in Jesus through all that. And then the second is just an encouragement to you through our own baptism. We're baptized as priest, prophet, and king. You're baptized into the person of Jesus Christ. Work with him to be a good gatekeeper of your own home, of your own family, whatever your vocation. A good gatekeeper of your own heart to not allow thieves and robbers to take the sanctity of your own home and your own families, to not let thieves and robbers take the innocence and sanctity and dignity that God has given you in your birth and your baptism. Work with the gatekeeper, Jesus. Stay close to him. Stay united to him. And by doing this together, through our own common baptism, getting to know Jesus, allowing him to keep out the thieves and robbers, may you and I be brought into the, the life that he desires for it and, the, and to have that life in superabundance.